My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm sitting on the ruins of the Temple of Domitian, which was built in the very heart of Domitian Square in ancient Ephesus. This was not originally supposed to be a temple to Domitian. This first was built by his father Vespasian as a temple to the Flavian dynasty. They were Flavians. But when Vespasian died, Titus became the emperor, and he continued the construction of this temple. Then Titus quickly died, and Domitian inherited the throne, and Domitian was a different story. He was demented. He was twisted. He declared that he was Lord and God, and even developed around himself a complete religion to Domitian that came with a full priesthood and rituals. And because he believed he was God, he made the decision to convert this into a temple to Domitian where he was worshipped with a full priesthood and all kinds of rituals, and it was located here in the heart of Domitian Square. This really is a symbol of evil that was spreading its tentacles all across the Roman Empire. Real, dark evil. But in the city of Ephesus, there was a church. And the church was putting up with all of this evil and the church was doing so well, even long before Domitian, during the time of Nero, even though there was great persecution, the church was thriving. But due to persecution, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20 was chased out of town and he couldn't get back into Ephesus. Oh, how he loved Ephesus. He was not able to say goodbye to the elders. He left so abruptly, he couldn't even tell them farewell. So he went down to Miletus and he asked the elders to come see him. And when the elders came to see him, he prophesied about something that was going to take place inside this very church in this city. Listen to what he said in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. What did he mean by grievous wolves? What does that word grievous mean? And when he says they wouldn't spare the flock, what does he mean by that? What were these grievous wolves going to do? And who were these grievous wolves? How in the world would they ever get a foothold inside the church? This was really important information because the church of Ephesus needed to brace themselves against this and protect themselves from error getting inside the church. The Holy Spirit speaks very explicitly all over the New Testament that the very end of the age, seducing spirits with doctrines of demons will once again begin to infiltrate the church. And friends, we're living in that time. We are being penetrated by false doctrine, by error that the Bible says is damnable. We need to know what it is. We need to know what is the result of this damnable teaching, which is the work of grievous wolves. What does the Bible say about all of this? That is what I want to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to the program. My name is Rick Renner, and I've been waiting for you. And today we're going to dive right into our subject about how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy. Do you ever feel like the world around you has just lost its mind morally? Isn't it amazing 
Today, what we're seeing in the news, in the media, in the schools, in the courts, in education, in entertainment, you just look at some of the nonsense going on and you wonder what in the world has happened that society could veer so far off course. But that's exactly what Jesus prophesied. We saw that in the last program. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, Jesus said, Delusion, deception would be the primary sign that we've come to the very end of the age. And my friend, that's where we are. And we need to know how to keep our head on straight regardless of people around us that seem to be losing their minds. And that's why I've written this new book called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. I think it may be my best book. I want you to get it. The subtitle says, Developing Discernment for These Last Days. You need the discernment in these last days to know what's right, what's wrong. You need to know that it's okay if you view life differently than a world gone crazy. We need to stay on track regardless of what society is doing. And the Bible is our guide. This is just tremendous. I really believe you need it. It'll make a difference for you. We're also offering you a series right now by the same title called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. It's 15 parts. It comes in multiple formats. It's available on our website. And if you need prayer, remember that we're here for you. And we would count it a real privilege to pray with you right now today. So let us hear from you. But today we're going to continue my series called how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy. And I want to welcome Denise to the program. Hi, sweetheart. Hi, Rick. I'm really glad to be a part of this program, and it's an honor. Are you enjoying the series? Oh, Rick, I love it. And I think it's very important that we be alerted to these things. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to scare us. Mm -hmm. He wants to prepare us. God is never in the business of scaring people. That is not what God does. But God does alert us to things so we'll be prepared. And the Holy Spirit said so much about the end times so that those who are living in the end times would be alert and they would be prepared to deal with what they were facing. And that's what we're seeing in this series. The Holy Spirit very clearly prophesied at the end of the age, spirits of delusion, actually the Bible calls it seducing spirits. The Greek says delusional spirits would enter the world with doctrines of demons. That word doctrines is the Greek word didaskalos. It means really well-packaged teachings. It's amazing. The devil has become so sophisticated in his presentation. But behind all that sophistication, the Bible says, are demons. And by the way, that word demons, the Greek word daimonion, describes spirits that lead to insanity or to lunacy. There's a lot of lunacy in the world today, and it's coming from doctrines of demons. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. But, and, and he does it deceptively. He doesn't say, hello, I'm the devil, I'm going to deceive you. He does it deceptively. Well, he speaks through the medical world, mm -hmm. speaks through the educational world, speaks through the courts. In fact, people tend to live more by court decisions than they do by the Bible. But my friends, the Bible is a higher voice than even the courts. But today we're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 2, where Peter also comments about what's going to take place in the last days. Actually, the New Testament is just loaded with warnings about this. But today we're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. Are you ready, Denise? I'm ready. You have your Bible? Let's go there. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, where Peter says, But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift 
destruction. Notice how Peter begins. He begins by talking about the past. He says, there were false prophets among the people. We know in the Old Testament they had a problem with false prophets. Then he says, in the same way in the future, pointing to the end of the age, he said, there shall be false teachers among you. And here the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter is pointing 2,000 years into the future, describing events that are going to take place at the very end of the church age. And he says, at the end of the church age, there shall be false teachers. Well, what do we mean by false teacher? That's a pretty heavy word. What's well, a Greek word? Pseudodidaskalos. It's a compound of two words, and I want to give this to you. It's a compound of saudes and didaskalos. Saudes carries the idea of any type of falsehood. It pictures one who projects an image of himself that's false or who walks in a pretense or one who intentionally misrepresents facts or truth. The word didaskalos, the second part of the word, is a Greek word for a masterful teacher. But when you compound these two words together, it forms the Greek word pseudodidaskalos, which depicts teachers who may have begun as authentic God-called teachers, but who over a period of time have progressively veered off course. At one time they were authentic, but now they have become false or they've become counterfeit teachers. Now the message they offer is a counterfeit message, which means they have become counterfeit teachers. Peter used this word to forecast a time that shall come. Now at the time that Peter was writing, they were already dealing with the problem of false teachers. They really were. You know what the false teachers were teaching in the first century? Basically the same thing that they're teaching now. They were teaching a doctrine of compromise. Let's not be so strict. Let's not live so separate from the world. Let's water down what we believe and meld together with society. Let's not be so separate, so strict all the time. Why do we always have to live so tight, so different, so separate? Let's just meld in a little bit with the world around us. It was a doctrine of compromise. And of course, to embrace compromise, you have to water down the scriptures and move away from the teaching of the Bible. Right, Denise? Yeah, because you can't embrace both things at the same time. You've got to depart from one and, and cling to another. And that's precisely what's taking place today. Today there is a departure from Scripture. People are actually modifying the Bible to make it say what they want it to say. And actually it's so people don't have to change. They become comfortable in their sin. They're now preaching a version of truth that is so far from truth that it's okay to live in sin and to even adapt lifestyles that are very clearly forbidden by Scripture. It's all okay according to the new standard today. That is not biblical, my friend. That is a departure from truth. Rick, I'm so thankful you're saying these things because, you know, it, we know these things, but it's so important that we hear these things. And I, I'm thankful for your voice. Well, the truth is many who are departing from the truth claim to be on the cutting edge of new progressive thinking, new theological concepts, new ideas, new systems of thought, and they're very sophisticated. That's why the Bible calls it doctrines of demons, a very sophisticated packaging of demonic truth. So the Bible says, but in reality, what they are preaching is a departure from New Testament teaching. But when you look at 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false revelators. They may have began as authentic gifts, but now they veered. 
And the Bible says they shall privily bring in damnable heresies. What in the world does that mean, privily shall bring in? Well, that's an old King James phrase, but it's actually the Greek word parisago. It's a compound of three words, the word para, the word ice, and the word ago. This is so powerful. Listen to what it means. Para means alongside. Ice means into. The word ago means I lead. The word para in this context indicates the false teachers Peter referenced will walk para alongside of other believers. The word ice means they will bring their revelation and their false doctrine right into the church. Finally, the word ago, which means I lead, tells us these individuals will probably hold positions of leadership in the church. And when compounded, the word that is used here in 2 Peter 2, verse 1, the Greek word perisago, translated in the King James Version, privily shall bring in, denotes a smuggler, now listen, a smuggler attempting to covertly transport illegal contraband across a border while using a disguise or stealth to conceal his activities. In other words, they know what they're doing. They know that what they're teaching is a departure from established truth. And rather than teach it as a departure, they're smuggling it into the church. It is a stealth or a covert operation. That's how the devil operates. It's amazing. Well, if you are smuggling contraband, you know what you're doing. No one smuggles contraband accidentally. So Peter's use of this word tells us the false teachers who will emerge at the end of the age will know exactly what they are doing. He's prophesying a stealth demonic operation. So Peter tells us this is covert activity. Rather than just openly bring their false doctrine into the church, this person is looking for a way to sneak it in, to sneak it in. The word depicts a conscious effort, at least on the part of seducing spirits behind the deception, to smuggle error into the church in a veiled way to prevent it from being easily detected. Now, I want to tell you that some who bring error really have embraced it, and they believe that it's true. That's because they themselves have believed a lie. And if you believe a lie, then you have deception working in your life. They may really believe it, but they have veered from established truth. Wow. The very fact that they must covertly bring the message into the church is evidence they know something they're saying is outside the mainstream of historical faith. They know that, or they wouldn't be sneaking it in. It's amazing to me. So, Rick, you're saying that Maybe they, their conscience is seared. Now they believe what they, they have adhered to. That is the case with some, no doubt. And in fact, in 2 Peter 2, verse 1, Peter uses the word para, which in another way is also very important because the word para means alongside. This alerts us that these spiritual smugglers, that's what I call them, they will para, they will lay truth alongside of error. They will lay it alongside of each other, which often makes the error very difficult to detect, which is especially a danger for newer, younger, immature believers who really don't know the Bible. They see truth. They see error. It's laying side by side. They're not able to discern which one is right, which one is wrong. And unfortunately, they usually consume the whole thing. But in 2 Peter 2.1, notice what else Peter says. 
There were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in, now it's describing this stealth, demonic operation, contraband, being smuggled across the border into the church. And the Bible calls this contraband damnable heresies. Damnable heresies. Well, the word heresies is a Greek word hieresis. The word heresies by itself is not a bad word. It really means an opinion. In Greek culture, the word heresy was used to describe a separate school of thought. But by the time that you come to the New Testament, it is divergent teaching. It is a school of thought that doesn't fit into the mainstream of truth. It's something that is divergent. It's something that is a heresy. It's considered to be foul, something very evil. And in this case, the Bible calls them damnable heresies. The word damnable is from the Greek word apoleia, and the word apoleia describes destruction, something that is destroyed, decayed, rotten, or ruined. By using this word, Peter clearly spelled out what the doctrine of compromise, that's what they were teaching in the first century, and that's what they're teaching today, what the doctrine of compromise would produce if it isn't stopped, it produces destruction and devastation. So Peter raised his voice. Peter in this verse is sounding the alarm to believers everywhere for all time not to embrace the doctrine of compromise because it will lead to a path that produces destruction and devastation in the life of believers and it will create a weakened version of the church. That's what compromise does. It is lethal to a believer and it is lethal to the church. Wow. Heretical teaching, listen careful, heretical teaching is any belief or doctrine that is divergent from the beliefs presented in Scripture. That's what heretical teaching is. By contrast, beliefs that are aligned with Scripture are sometimes referred to as orthodox doctrines because they are in agreement with the teachings of the New Testament. We want orthodox teaching. We don't want heretical teaching. Heretical teaching is damnable. Now, what does that mean? Well, when you read this in the Greek text, it's very interesting because the Greek text reverses the sentence structure. Rather than say damnable heresies, you know what the Greek says? Heresies, damnable. It is schools of thinking, divergent thinking, which produces damnation in those who embrace it. Mm. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty scary. If you embrace it, it will produce something ruinous. That's what the word damnation means, the Greek word apoleia. It will produce ruin in your life, destruction in your life. That's what heresy produces. And what's really amazing in 2 Peter 2 verse 1, it says there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be in the future, talking about our time, false teachers among you who privily shall bring in covert activity, a stealth operation, damnable heresies, or heresies that produce damnation. They produce rot in the life of those that embrace them, even denying the Lord that bought them. That word bought is very important because it tells us we're not talking about outsiders. We're talking about insiders. This word bought is the Greek word agorizo. It's the word for redemption. These are redeemed individuals. These are men and women, leaders, who began as authentic God-called gifts, but over a period of time, they listened to seducing spirits that led them off track, and now they're teaching divergent truths, not orthodox truths, things that are off track, things that are wrong, that produces damnation. And the Bible says, denying the Lord that bought them. That word bought means these are saved individuals but they now are really off track. 
In fact, the Bible says they're denying the Lord. That word Lord is the Greek word despotes. Now, usually if we say Jesus is Lord, in Greek it is the word kurios. It just means Jesus is Lord. But this particular word, the word despotes, is very different. This describes the CEO of a corporation. The only people that would call Jesus despotes, Lord, that is used here, are those that are in the administrative wing of the church. In other words, this is fivefold ministry gifts, people that are really called, they've been installed by the Lord, but now they've become divergent and they're denying the Lord, they're denying their boss, they're denying the CEO of the church. The word denying is the Greek word arneomai, which means to knowingly deny. Isn't that amazing? To knowingly deny, to knowingly reject, to knowingly refuse, to knowingly renounce. It depicts something that is done with one's full consent and understanding of what he or she is doing. And here's what we find in this verse. The Lord is so faithful that if a person is in error, the Lord will confront them. And when the Lord confronts any of us, we can either accept what he says or we can reject it. In this particular case, we're finding those that are in the ministry, those that are in visible leadership positions and who relate to Jesus, not just as Lord, but as the CEO, their boss, the Lord is speaking a word of correction to them. The Lord is telling them, you are teaching divergent truth. Get back on track. Where in the world are you going with what you're teaching? And the Lord's trying to correct them, but rather than receive his correction, they deny. They refuse to submit to the Lord's correction and are determined to continue in their path of teaching false doctrine. So they're saying no to the Lord. Lord, we don't like that. That's what we used to teach. We're not going to teach that anymore. And the Bible says if they persist in their error, they will bring upon themselves swift destruction. Wow. And notice also in this verse, it doesn't say God's going to bring swift destruction upon themselves. They bring upon themselves. And here we find the law of sowing and reaping. What you sow is what you reap. If you sow ruinous, rottenness teaching into the lives of other people, you're going to bring it upon yourself. The law of sowing and reaping will work. Eventually, they will reap something ruinous in their lives. And the Bible calls it swift destruction. The word swift is a Greek word, tekinos. It describes something swift, something that happens really fast. And guess what? The word destruction, again, is a Greek word, apoleia, something ruinous, something rotten, something devastating. Just like they've sown devastating teaching into the lives of other people, they will quickly reap ruinous devastation in their own lives, and they could have avoided it if they had listened to the Lord and had repented. The book of Romans tells us the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Any person who repents and submits to the Lord's correction will keep his position. But these particular leaders have denied the Lord. They've said, no, we don't teach that anymore. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're now progressive thinkers. We're on the cutting edge of a new day, a new kind of thinking. And they have departed from orthodox doctrine. And now they're teaching heretical teachings, which produce rot in the church. This is a bad thing, my friend. It's a bad thing. But we're out of time. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. The world is changing. In fact, it's more than changed. It's gone crazy. We are living in a world where faith is questioned and sin is welcome, where people seem to have lost their minds about what is right and wrong. It seems truth has been turned upside down. In Rick Renner's new book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, 
Rick reveals the disastrous consequences of a society in spiritual and moral collapse. In this book, you'll discover what Christians need to be doing to stay out of the chaos and anchor to truth. You'll learn how to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit, discern right and wrong teaching, how to be grounded in prayer, and how to be spiritually prepared for living in victory in these last days. Leading ministers from around the world are calling this book essential for every believer. And right now, it's available for just $20. You can also order the 15-part teaching series when you call or go online right now. Rick takes you deep into New Testament prophecies about the end of the age and what you need to do to sail successfully through turbulent end-time waters. Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $24. Get the book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, for just $20. And don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner. We have a need in our ministry and I need you to help meet the need. So please just for a moment, hear my heart. Our ministry is really growing. Wow, it is amazing what is taking place. People are reaching out to us from every nook and cranny around the world because they're receiving teaching that they feel they can trust. And they're calling us for prayer. What a responsibility to pray for people. They're calling us for resources. They're calling us for support. They are reaching out to us in multiple languages, in English and Russian, and in other languages from around the world. And God has given us the responsibility to minister to these precious souls. But we're growing so much that we have run out of space. We're bursting at the seams in our American office and we need a new building. And we have found the building that we believe is ours. And guess what? It's fully furnished. All we have to do is move in. And so I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of the giving team into this special expansion project. Just go online. You'll read there on our homepage how you can participate in this project or give us a call. Today's program has been pretty serious. We've been talking about the result of heretical teaching. God is so good that if someone's in error, he will always correct them. Jesus has the right to speak correction to a believer or to any minister of the gospel. Our job is to listen to Jesus and correct when he speaks correction to us. If we don't receive his correction and intend to persist in our wrong way, then we will reap a bad harvest in our life. I know you don't want that. And the way you stay on track is by listening to the voice of the Bible. The Bible is the immutable voice of God. God will speak to you through the scripture and the scriptures will keep you on track. Now we're living in a day when people are departing from the orthodox teaching of scripture. They're embracing nonsensical things. Don't be a part of that. Just because the world is losing its mind does not mean that you have to. And that's why I've written my new book called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. God wants you to keep your head on straight and to stay on track doctrinally and spiritually and morally with what you believe. This is so very important. We're also offering you my series by the same title, How to Keep Your World on Straight, Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. But I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the wonderful Word of God, which corrects us, straightens us out. Thank you that we can keep our head on straight 
And Father, we pray for people that are in error, that they would hear your voice and they would submit to your dealings in their life. You love them. You want to change them. Spare them from destruction. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for being with me. When we come back, we're going to see how to pray for those that are in error. It's going to really be good. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Let God's word release its power in your life today. And we'll see you in the next program. <music>